0: When I invent the shapes and forms, and you know, cut out big uh, alien-looking pods and um, spiky things and layer things that I think are, you know, I'm making them up. Um, my paintings. Become much more interesting and exciting to me to, to then develop.
1: Artist Bonnie Layley was born and raised in Detroit before moving to Northern Michigan. She is a graduate of Kendall School of Art and received her Masters of Fine Art from the University of Illinois. Layley's work, much like nature, assembles vibrant colors arrayed with bits of paper and didymus. Her exhibition, The Circumference of a Garden, is currently showing at the Saginaw Art Museum through November 18, 2022. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us here on the Temple Arts Podcast. Uh, We are enjoying your exhibition at the Saginaw Art Museum, The Circumference of a Garden. It is just absolutely beautiful, especially in the season that we're in. As our garden outside is blooming, we have, in a way, your exhibition blooming inside as uh, visitors come and enjoy uh, viewing your works. I wanna start off, I wanna start off just um, by asking a a relatively simple question. Why gardens? What is it that, that draws you in and inspires you uh, when viewing gardens, and why have you made that certain the the subject of uh, of your work?
0: Um, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Thor. Yes, and I will try to easy easy question. I'll try to make it an easy answer. <laughs> My mother was a passionate gardener, so we grew up with gardens, beautiful gardens, and um, uh, we went from a postage stamp size lot in the heart of Detroit, uh, which my parents planted up like a jungle, um, to, uh, 200 acres way north, northern Michigan, uh, where the gardens got bigger and, um, you know, and then it, it extended out into fields and forests. And, um, so all of that, um, experience um, I have uh, a deep affinity for um, gardens controlled nature in in the form of gardens and and uh, wild uh, nature as I said in in the form of the the rest of the land that we were able to um, roam freely on as kids so that is. Yeah, that's my easy answer.
1: <laughs> it's really interesting to consider uh, the the variation in your garden experience. You know, you described having a, a small space to a large space, and well, still, uh, nature nature has its course in a bit of a controlled controlled boundary way. You know, and, and thinking about that in creating your pieces, uh, you know, where where a garden has a boundary yeah. in a way. Uh, the edges of your paper have something of a boundary what do you find to be sort of the most challenging part of creating these these works um, are in many cases quite quite large uh, you have a, a lot of garden to work with in in, in a sense uh, <laughs> right, a lot of space right. a lot of space to to cultivate
0: Yes, <laughs> that's a great way to put it, because um, that is how I feel when I'm in the studio. Is culti- I'm going to use that from now on, Thor. Uh, I don't make paintings, I cultivate them.
1: How do you sort of choose your materials and, and work within the bounds bounds of of the materials that you have in creating your work? Um, you know, the, the, the paper has an edge and, uh, you know, you can sort of work up to that edge. Uh, how do you decide what goes, what goes in or what goes out?
0: What goes in, what goes out. Um, most of my pieces are not, uh, pre-planned in any way. I, um, so what goes in and what goes out, I have to, yes, I like large scale. So I lay them on the floor and, um, I have to just throw some paint down, um, any any color or ink um I make my own black walnut ink by the gallon and I have this prime vintage four-year-old uh walnut ink uh five-gallon bucket of it in the basement and it's wonderfully non-fugitive or in lay people's terms um stable and uh light fast so Um, It's a beautiful, soft, brown color, and it's sort of transparent. So anyway, I like to begin a lot of my compositions by just rushing that down in really very calligraphic kinds of shapes and designs. And you know what that's like with your own work. Um, So just to break up the space. And then, um, then on a good day, when I don't have chatter in my head, um, about art and what this should be and preconceived notions of it, um, things start to to emerge, emerge for me. And so I don't, um, boundaries are the, the, I think the large scale that I work on is actually a boundary issue, um, in that large scale is easier for me than small paintings. I hadn't thought this through before, Thor. This is a totally (laughs) new question. Um, So yeah, I think I keep going larger and larger because I can actually um, cope with the fact that I feel like I'm extending out of the boundaries and doing bigger landscape types of things. Does that make sense to you?
1: It, it, It does, it does. It's almost as though um you know your your gardens have more more room and the it's as your as your works grow they become in a way more realistic because they gardens are can be can have this scale so uh, yeah that's I, that's I how i, I that.
0: yeah that's that's how i feel about that <laughs> yeah. you know um, you
1: you mentioned that uh, you know there wasn't a, a lot of uh, specific pre-planning for work But i'd love to hear your comment about the way that you observe the world, even though it's not. um, uh, Like structured in the way i'm going to put these pieces together to make this work Mm -hmm. you've described in the past as we've had conversations how. you're you're sort of always working sketching drawing or observing noting colors and things like that, and uh, I think that's a very interesting thing to think about and i'd love to hear your comments uh, a little bit more about that piece of the work Mm of of being an artist and mm-hmm. uh, the creation process?
0: There are um, a couple of things that I know about uh, m- my processes as an artist. Okay. A lot of it, of course, is unknown and that's the joy of being an artist. Right. But the things that I know are that, um, yes, I do sketch and paint from life uh, a lot and um, I, Observe everything daily, uh, colors and textures. And um, but I have found that when I'm really literal, when I uh, with a painting, oh, you know, even just a, a floral still life. Okay, I want two lips and roses, or this or that. If I'm if I start out really literal like that, it's a complete disaster for me. And I've trained myself to separate. Well, I've really fought literalness, if that's a word, for a long time. Um, That doesn't work so well for me. And I find that when I invent the shapes and forms and, you know, cut out big uh, alien looking pods and um, spiky things and layer things that I think are, you know, I'm making them up. um, My painting's become much more interesting and exciting to me to, to then develop. and then sometimes more literal, you know, specific things will work their way into it. But I, I, I also think as free as I'm trying to be with with these shapes and sort of botanical forms, they probably exist out there somewhere in the world anyway <laughs> you know i'm probably not you know um as wild as i think i can get with a form. it probably actually exists somewhere so my my work goes much better i go deeper i i get into that zone when i free myself up from any uh like i said a literal garden or uh, or plant or um a spatial arrangement, like, okay, uh, for example, as a younger artist, I would think, oh, well, you know, if the water is meeting here, the land has to look like this. And what, oh, I can't have a horizon line, you know, at the top of the page and that kind of struggle. And uh, I don't think about those things anymore. I, I put things where I want them to be and uh, put colors together that I want and put, a, Things that look super tropical with you know midwestern shapes and um, to me it all works out just great you know um, so did I answer that question yeah,
1: yeah no I think I think I think that's a wonderful <laughs> wonderful way of, of uh, describing describing that um, turning a little bit um, most of your works uh, have very long names. Um, you know, uh, they're not—they're not, they're not like untitled number one or anything like that. We're—we're like, yeah. I mean, we're dealing with uh, long, uh, descriptive names for yeah. very complex Nar- narratives. Words. Yeah, yeah, narratives, almost stories within themselves. Yes. Uh, can you comment a little bit on that? Maybe where that idea came from, or, or uh-huh. uh, is there a—is there a—a a, a reasoning behind having these these long names that? Uh, <laughs> Well, are, you are in a way easy to remember because they're longer and harder to remember because uh, they're longer. Sure.
0: you know, nobody's ever asked me that before either. And um Thor, I feel like you're you're really uh, uh, you know, you've got some some things under a microscope here that <laughs> that are actual there I have answers to. Um, yeah, I was, you know, thinking, recently uh about um well yeah the narrative aspect of my works because and this is something that maybe not everybody picks up on you certainly did but I feel like my you know uh, my a still life is for me I know that when I'm working I am thinking about people and childhood experiences. I know that, like, um, experience, experiences in n- nature with loved ones, friends, family. Those are the things that, like, come to the surface when I'm working. All of the 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 memories. And um, for instance. I have a good friend, we were walking in the Arb uh, at uh, Umish, and uh, she pointed out the uh, turkey grass, which is, that's the common name, I don't, I can't give you the Latin name, but it's the um, native prairie grasses that grow here, and um, the beautiful purple tops, and um, the stems get really purple in the fall, and so anyway. I remember this day walking with our families actually all together and looking at this turkey grass for the first time with new eyes, you know, with this, this information. And so that those come into my work. And every time I cut those out, I think about that day and I think about my daughter when uh, and her garden, when uh, I'm painting melons you know melons and crows in in a in a piece um so they to me they're they're not just a still life they're like an assemblage of people and voices in my life yeah. and that is really a strong um directive in my creative process
1: well it's it's wonderful to hear uh, about the way that you are using those uh, things from your your memories and experiences and bringing them into uh in a way something uh concrete through through your artwork and so that it it does yeah. does tell that story it does tell a, a narrative, oh, thanks. Uh, very very interesting in closing here if uh, you had to give some encouragement uh, to young artists or people that aspire to be artists what kind of uh words of of wisdom might you pass along or a key lesson that you might have learned in, in your own uh, journey in, in creative life?
0: Um, well that I've been asked that a couple of times. I find that really hard to answer because I do think that there are such creative Voices out there, you know, so many young people when I was teaching that, you know, it would just blow my mind how I could see how originally they thought, you know, via their drawings or paintings. And, and, uh, art is important. And, uh, I, I guess I feel like you need to know in yourself how, um, how strong you have to be to choose an unconventional path. You, you just need you know you need fortitude, but you, and focus, and uh, if you feel like you n- know that about yourself, that that you have to make art above everything else, you know and and, and you're determined to, you know, there's nothing else there's nothing else that, that inspires you or that you want to do and i just feel like you have to you have to listen to that in your voice your inner voice you know telling you what to do um and i guess if it's not like really overriding demanding you to <laughs> to do this then um maybe yeah maybe do something tangential to uh, you know, um, the, the visual arts, you know, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Um, I,
0: I, I I don't, but I don't want that to sound like, like negative either, you know, I mean, I guess to encapsulate that it's a, it's a tough life, right. Mm -hmm. For, for most artists, that's all. And you just have to be really willing to embrace that if you feel like you have something to say. And I mean, if um, if so many of our great artists and writers and filmmakers threw in the towel too soon, we, we would be bereft of all this wonderful art, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I I think that I think that makes a makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know that there's a there's a degree of patience and um, patience cl- clarity and, strength and strength and clarity.
0: Yeah. yeah, you have to be strong. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: well, Bonnie, thank you so much for sharing your work and sharing your thoughts here uh, on the podcast today. We are thoroughly enjoying the exhibition and look forward to continuing to follow your career and uh, the work that you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Thor. It has been such a pleasure working with you and uh, Ben Champagne um, on the exhibition. And you run a just a beautiful museum.
1: Thank you for listening to the Temple Arts Podcast. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and making a donation to the arts through saginawartmuseum.org or templetheater.com. This will allow us to continue to bring enriching program to Saginaw and beyond.